0: Coming to you from Michigan, USA, and listened to by people all over the planet.
1: Get ready to be safe and sound with Sean Sparkman. Sparkman.
0: Never take your eyes off your opponent, even when you bomb. Welcome to the Safe and Sound Podcast. This is your host, Sean Sparkman. I'm really excited to be bringing you a, a unique individual out of the state of Louisiana. His name is Austin Grant. He is a published author and a martial artist as well. Thank you for being on the show today, Austin.
1: i Sean. It's been a really good day so far. Uh, thank you for that introduction. Uh, but yeah, I'm a, I'm a published author. been doing martial arts for around uh, 17 years, One of my, one of my many passions. I'm really excited to be here.
0: Well, recently you actually wrote a brand new book, and that's what we're going to be talking a little bit about today. But uh, before we jump right into the book, uh, I just want to know a little bit more about who you are and what it is that you do for a living and just on a daily basis. Just give the listeners a little bit about you.
1: I'm a martial artist. I worked at a writing school for many, many years under the uh, tutelage of a man named Master Ryan, awesome guy. And uh, that was at of uh, Martial Arts, famed with them for uh, 17 years. Uh, it was really, really great. And then I, around uh, sometime last year, started writing. I uh, was like, well, write for a while, so I guess I should uh, turn this into something. That's what kind of gave me the idea to uh, write a book. So I kind of thought of uh, certain things that inspired me over the years. and Quotes were one of the things that kind of came to mind, just because You know, when you read a quote, it kind of explains maybe something that's going on in your life in a really simplistic manner and might give you some guidance and kind of push you in the right direction. So I thought, well, I mean, I've been teaching martial arts for a while and kind of guiding people for a long time. And I was like, you know, maybe I can do that in book form and, and, uh, get people to read and uh and write kind of better themselves through
0: that uh it's an interesting switch you know as a you know martial artist most people think well martial arts you know you're you're teaching people how to fight or defend themselves or you know maybe they think in their head like you know the old school japanese karate something along those lines what most people think of as a martial artist but uh, uh, you know i'm a martial artist myself and it's something that's interesting about the martial arts is it brings people from all different walks of life that really just want to improve themselves is what I find. And, you know, a lot of people forget about the other part where, you know, you might be a full-time martial artist, but a lot of times that martial arts is what's leading you to that other path in life. So for example, becoming an author. So that's a pretty cool thing that you're doing. So my, my question to you is, what was really going on in your life that made you kind of switch gears from focusing solely on full-time martial arts to now, okay, let's, let's write a book?
1: Uh, well, I'll, uh, I'll kind of expound on that first point because, uh, you know, I love the martial arts so much. I always say martial arts is three things, you know, it's, it's physical, mental, and spiritual. You know, you got to get physically active and mentally prepared to, uh, you know, perform these strenuous tasks and be able to be mentally tough to get through it physically. And there's a spiritual aspect. You really have to be. You're always trying to find that balance in life, just like you're trying to find certain balances in the techniques that you use. So I find that to be very helpful in life, not just in the martial arts. You can apply martial arts principles in in all walks of life. And what? And to answer your second question. What was really going on with me during that time? Well, I was uh, not going to lie, man. I was uh, I was in a rough spot. I was. I was dealing with a lot of uh, depression and anxi- uh, anxiety. Many many years ago, and. I found riding to be an outlet, and it seemed to be one thing after another over the course of the last, you know, three or four years. My uh, my mother had actually uh, got, got diagnosed with uh, a cancer a second time. She had liver cancer, and uh, that was really tough. Uh, it was really tough to take. You know, usually my mother always taught me to convert, you know, negative to positive, right? Right. Uh, so she nailed that into my head most of my life. Things could always be worse. You know, you need to... Look at the things that you can be fortunate for in life. So those teachings that she taught me growing up, you know, when life hit me hard, when she passed, unfortunately, last year, uh, I tell people she uh, lost the battle but won the war, uh, <laughs> so to speak, you know, because she, she didn't stop living. I mean, <laughs> she was in pain. She was uh, all, all sorts of messed up, man, but she, uh, she lived her life the way she wanted until so the day she died.
0: That's awesome, uh, you know. People like that always impress me. You know, my it's a sad story, but one of my uh younger brother's friends, he ended up passing away at a very young age from cancer that he fought for almost 6 years and it, it was such an impressive thing to watch people that have that positive attitude go through something so trying. And yep. you know, through that whole thing they like you said she just lived life on her own terms. And that that's a really oh, yeah. Awesome thing and I mean what a what a great mother to have to teach you that type of lesson from a young boy and then show you by example when she went through, you know, one of the hardest things that you could ever go through.
1: hmm No, very, very true, man. She I mean, she didn't stop teaching me until the day she uh day she passed, you know. But uh yeah, she was uh she was a great mom. Those teachings really, you know, after she passed, I was, you know, staring at a wall basically, you know, mentally. It posed the question, you know, like you know, you know what your mom lived for. You know, she lived for being, you know, happy and, and, and being there for each other, and, you know, being there for her family, you know, and just being a good, just a, just a overall good person, you know, no matter what she faced. So I, I had to kind of look upon myself and I'm like, you know, what's the kind of person I want to be? What, what kind of legacy do I want to leave behind? You know, what do I want to do for the rest of my life? My, my mom was passing, posed those questions to me. And I had to face those questions. I was 27 at the time, and I'm like, "Who are you? What do you want to do? What do you want to be known for?" When people look back and and talk about you, what things are they going to remember you by? I was like, "Well, I want to write a book. I have this idea. I've been wanting to write a book for a few years. It's time to do it. You know, I need to use what my mom taught me, and I converted all that, you know, negative energy. My mom passing, and trust me, we all had trials and tribulations last year. I'm sure we all had to overcome a lot. That's without a question." Yeah, we had to overcome a lot as a society, um, and so uh, I was surrounded with so much negativity. Um, I had in my head that I was like, you know what? Screw that! <laughs> I'm gonna be positive. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go and search and look and actively move towards something positive. You know, uh, you know, and, and do something great or that that I think is great. You know, and writing a book at that time was that thing. You know. When I was writing, I was like, you know, someone's going to read this, you know, and, and it's going to help at least one person, and, and it's, it's going to motivate a person to do this, or, you know, hopefully it'll, it'll inspire them to, to, you know, shift their, um, their mentality, you know, either on life or even just for that day, you know. Uh, for those of you that don't know, my, my book is about quotes, and it's a daily devotional quote book where you open it up, you open it to whatever chapter, you know, you're, you're feeling one chapter goes over, goes over pain, I believe it's uh, pain, fear, and it goes over, like, fear and failure, you know, all th- things we all experience in life and how to, uh, how to overcome those things. You know, one chapter goes over um, reflection. If you had a tough week, you know, you can reflect on what happened that week and how you can do better and how you can improve yourself. And so I was just, when I was trying to follow that negativity, I was trying to be positive in my writing. And that, I, I think that definitely shows in the book. Especially
0: well, I love I'm your mind. I absolutely love the mindset because that's one of the hardest parts is what you did in the beginning, which was to be in that state of pain and fear and depression, like you said, and then just make right. that one one little step, which was for you a small decision. I'm going to turn this positive. I mean, I don't know how because I know you didn't say that, but I know that's what you're thinking because we all go through it, right? I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to do it. And then – you kept stacking on little bricks like you're building a house. So next thing you know, hey, I want to I wanna do this thing I said I was going to do years ago. And then you made that step towards it. And I, I love how you're using quotes. Uh, and I don't know what quotes are in the book yet. I, I have to check it out myself. But I personally love quotes. I, I As my screen, uh, background on my screen for whenever I open my phone, I, I always have a list of quotes there and I, I change it every once in a while, just so that I'm always actively reminded, you know, some people put them on their mirror for me. I'm like, well, I, I, my business is on my phone. So I see my phone all the time. Might as well have something
1: positive be the first thing I see. Uh, I love how you place your quotes around your workplace. You know, uh, that's called a, uh, it's almost like you're priming your brain,
0: no matter how strong or great you are, nobody can do it all. And yep. we all go through those emotions. Cause we, you know, as much as Mm -hmm. we'd like to, we can't control our emotions. (laughs) I mean, you can, to some extent, you can, you know, control your reactions, but sometimes you can't control what you're feeling. You know, maybe you wake up and you just, I don't know, you slept bad. (laughs) You're you're not feeling Mm -hmm. good. So that little gentle reminder of, Hey, let's look at Mm -hmm. this stay positive, be grateful. Uh, I saw one recently that uh, actually one of my, my clients sent it to me. It was on the tagline of his email. And it, mm-hmm. it was a pretty it was a pretty cool quote I'd never seen before and it was from uh I don't know if you ever heard of this person, but it's Ray Wiley Hubbard and it was okay. the days the days I keep my gratitude higher than my expectations and then it goes dot dot dot. Well, I have really good days. So why don't you tell people a little bit about like the quotes and the people that you chose and just what to expect if they decide they want to pick up your book?
1: Well, I actually have my book out right here. Um I'll start with a quote from uh, my, my my master. Uh, it's something he told me, you know, when I was going through a hard time, and it kind of put things in perspective and gave me like some direction too. Uh, he said to me, "You can tell the size of a man by how he deals with the size of his problems." Um, and I thought that was just kind of profound at the time because it made me reflect on, you know, what are the size of my problems? Are they really as big as I'm making them? Or, you know, are there different ways I can overcome them in very simplistic manners, you know? Yeah, I like that one. It put things in perspective. Um, But I would – what I wrote here was, uh, you know, do not not let your response to a problem be out of an impulse, but rather out of a feeling of compassion and willfulness to want to understand the problem and possibly the people involved in it. So when you have a problem, you know, in life, a lot of people's immediate reaction is either to solve it immediately and think you have all the right answers, or, you know, step away and not deal with it at that time, you know, if it's maybe too large of a problem, you know, but always feel that if you have any problem, you know, you should try and understand it first and and and, and give it the time it deserves to to figure it out. You know, especially if it's between you and another person, you know, in in that instance, you'd be trying to understand, you know, that person's point of view and um, just just asking that question, you know, help me understand. I mean, I I, I feel like that's that's such a magical question that you can ask in a lot of situations and it allows people to open up to be like, oh, wow, this person really wants to listen and, you know, wants to know more about me and, and how they can help. And that applies to yourself as well. Sometimes we stay so closed off. Maybe sometimes some, some people alienate themselves when they have problems, right? I would, I would think it's always a good idea to open up to other people's advice and really try and you know, be grateful for the things that you have in life and the resources that you can go to to find those solutions.
0: Uh, it has to come from a, a place of gratitude like you just said. And I love that that mindset. <laughs> I mean, if you ever listen to any of my podcast episodes, for those that are listening, I, I always bring up like Tony Robbins, because I absolutely sure. love the, everything that he's done. Oh, yeah. And just that he always talks about that mindset of having gratitude, like wake up in the morning and just be grateful for, you know, whatever you can think of, <laughs> spend five, 10 minutes, yeah. and just reflect on the things that make you grateful. And you know, no matter how you wake up feeling, it's going to start your day off the right way and then go out and figure out how you can serve others. And I love that you, you said this earlier uh, in the show today. You, you said that you were hoping the book would at least help just one person. And if it did that, then you'd be happy. And, and that's a beautiful attitude.
1: Oh, yeah. You should you should never do things in life because you're expecting a certain result. You should do it because it's just the right thing to do and it makes you feel good. It's a very simple concept, but it is definitely something that can be practiced and, and, and honed.
0: Yeah, just you know, like anything.
1: I, I know one thing uh, in terms of waking up, you, you always, you're talking about gratitude, you know, is, you know, some people, so many people are, are covered in those dark thoughts sometimes, and they don't know how to take that first step, right? That first step is always the hardest, and they try this, and they try that, and, you know, it, it, sometimes it lingers. You know, the bad days linger. A good place to start is is, is your thoughts, your thoughts are who you are. So if you can change your mentality, change the way you think first, then everything else is gonna come a lot easier. Or at least the next steps after that. But that's 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 what I would say would be the first step in in becoming grateful and compassionate for what you have in life and please change your way of thinking. You said you keep quotes, you know, around your place a lot. You know, that's a good, you know, thought primer to change the way you're thinking when you read it. It changes your daily outlook even for just a second it changes your daily outlook on that day and it makes you question and think about things a little more and be more contemplative
0: well you know that's not the easiest thing to do right no and nothing is nothing that's worth it is easy so i want to ask you a question i ask everybody that comes on the show and it's an important question to me because it, it shows not only who you are as a person but it helps other people to understand you as well. And that question is, what is something in life that you have failed at?
1: Well, you know what, uh, I'll tell you my most my most recent failure. It's, it's something I haven't really talked about with a lot of people. It was uh, getting in the military. That was my, one, one of my biggest failures. So they're my latest biggest failure. Uh, I wanted to get in the Coast Guard and I wanted to be uh, a marine science technician. You know, that's what I want. I'm like, that was, that was it. That's what I wanted, you know, more than anything. And I'm the kind of person that once I got a goal, you know, I, I don't I don't want to stop until I achieve it, you know, no matter what, no matter what the cost. Even if I fail at it a few times, I still go after it. It came to the point where, unfortunately, they had deemed me physically unable. I had dislocated my shoulder a few years back, and it caused some instability in certain parts of my range of motion. And they deemed me, you know, not worthy, or I was basically disqualified from entering. Do I think I could perform the tasks in the Coast Guard and basic training and all that? Of course I do. I wouldn't have signed up if I didn't think I could. But unfortunately, my medical paperwork did not reflect that. And I had, I mean, just to give you a scope of how, I guess, for what I was feeling at the time, how big this failure was to me, was I had been trying to get in the last two and a half years, you know, going paperwork after paperwork, you know, driving to, I I live in in Louisiana, Prairieville, Louisiana, driving to and from New Orleans, you know, once a week or a few times a month to talk to my recruiter, give him paperwork. Okay, they got that. Okay, I've proved I'm good on that. i have given them this, you know, doctor note, you know, back and forth for two and a half years. And finally at the end yeah, that's of all a time. To that to be told that, you know, you know, you're not good enough. You know, you can't join. After spending most of my life being physically active, push-ups, pull-ups, Martial arts training, weight training. I mean, I've, I've based most of my life on daily training regimen, a long, long time. To be told that I'm not physically able was very disheartening. And for a while, it caused a lot of dark thoughts to kind of seep in. But my uh, my girlfriend, who we are still together, uh, That's great. she always kind of sets me on, set, uh, sets me on track when, I, when I'm maybe being hard-headed about something, right? She was like, you know, how long are you going to? You know, When are you going to switch your paths? When are you going to go on to the next thing and become successful at it? When are you going to not give up on it, but when are you going to be like – when are you going to accept that this isn't going to work out and you need to course correct, you need to change? When she told me that, I was like, well, I guess it's now (laughs) because she kind of laid it out on the table. She's like, when are you going to stop going after the military and, and move on with your life? Because at that point, it had been two and a half years and you know we, had, we had no, sometimes we it. need to hear it right <laughs> it, it, exactly.
0: It's, exactly. That, it's that other person's perspective when you're like oh wait wait a minute it's kind of, it's almost like she kind of slapped you in the face with words and said wake up yeah, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know every, yeah. everything yeah. happens yeah. for a reason yeah. and exactly. i don't know what that reason is but now it, mm-hmm. you know now it's the time you've 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 gone your your course
1: you, you did your best and that's all you can do mm-hmm. Exactly. She kind of was like, when are you going to stop and just move on? And so she, she, she helped me move on in that aspect. And now I'm, I'm, I'm very grateful that I that I honestly haven't gone in because I've, I've been able to help more people, you know, that was kind of my, my, my most recent failure. Well, I, thank you
0: for I, sharing. I, I mean, I, I think it's yeah. important because it's, you know, like at the end of the day, it's all about how you handle that failure and that doesn't mean you're going to handle it and be like the next day, Hey, I'm but of, I'm ready to go. <laughs> Yeah, it may take a little while and you may need somebody to say something to you to snap out of it and then start making those right steps, but you you did that and that's awesome.
1: I was gonna say the last little thing was uh, we have this little saying in our in our karate school, we die many times in the dojang to survive on the street. So yeah. you may experience things in life that are really tough and you fail at it and you feel like it's all over, it's all done, but it's just another hiccup in the in the grand scheme of things. And you can always get back up and you can always persevere, you know?
0: Yeah, knock down seven times, get up eight. Yeah, I was going to ask you. So now that we've kind of covered the failure part and we saw how you came through it, the next flip side of that coin is the question of success. And I I love this question, too, because what I find is sometimes people are more afraid to talk about something that they've succeeded at than they are of talking about their failures. So, whatever you want to share about your su- success, just pick one thing in your life that you can think of that you feel like sharing, and just tell people something that you succeeded at.
1: Okay, um, I would I would I would guess uh, I have a, two uh, two successes. Um, one would be achieving my third degree black belt, and that was that was really tough because I hadn't I hadn't tested in eight years. Uh, I achieved that rank, I believe, in uh, 2000 and what year is it? It's 2021 right now. Yep. We made it through twenty twenty. <laughs> we did, we did. I g I uh, I achieved that rank in twenty eighteen. Um and it was uh it was definitely a uh, again a, kind of a trialing time uh in my life. I had to take some days off of, uh, off of work, uh, uh, off of teaching and I had to go put in the work. You know, I had to go train five, six hours every other day, you know, to kinda of learn the material and uh, persevere. I know from my defense line, and for people that don't know, that don't know what that is, uh, it's where you stand in front of about 30 people that are in a line. So there's a line in front of you of 30 people. One person walks up and attacks you, and you have to defend. And the next person comes up, they attack you, you have to defend. And that cycles through over and over and over and over and over with the same 30 people. These attacks could be kicks, punches, uh, knife attacks, you know, grabs, holds, you know, and, and you have to defend against that. And I remember uh, I had—I uh, didn't know at the time, I guess—but uh, I had—I uh, uh, dislocated my uh, two of my fingers in my right hand uh, during the defense line. I mean, I just—I remember feeling this really sharp pain in my right hand. And I didn't know what it was, and uh, kind of persevering. And then after the defense line, it was I looked down and I'm like, "Well, that's not right." And so I kind of popped it back, and that was that. I mean, I, I continued my training the next two days. I put in four hours, and the last day of my third-degree black belt testing, I put in around uh, eight to nine hours. Uh, total so that's around the 12 13 hour testing it was it was it was a uh, you know trialing time um yeah you know, I, I hadn't tested them forever so i was a little nervous but uh you know i got through it you know um and it was it was one of those things where you know uh you know just two there's two truths to life uh i believe is you can accomplish anything you put your mind to and all it takes is focus consistency and uh, determination take someone that is wanting to learn and to be determined you know. Uh, you know, you can't just go out and wish for things to happen and want and wish and want. You have to be determined and you have to have a goal and you have to have a path. And that was one of the one things that actually got me into writing as well, because I learned a, a long time ago that you want to get something done in life, you write it down. Um, you write it down so it's so it's out in reality. You know, this is why I, this is why I like writing so much. Is you know, when it's in your mind, you can flip flop it around all you want and it can. Those goals and achievements that seem maybe out of reach can talk back to you and be like, maybe, hey, oh, you're not good enough. Or maybe, you know, oh, this, it's, it's way too far away for you to reach yet. Goals or aspirations are so big in your head. When you write it down on a piece of paper, it just stares right back at you, and it seems a lot smaller. And it seems a lot easier to deal with because you're able to read it, absorb it, write it out, and plan. You're able to plan out what you want to do. And that brings a lot of security, I think, in, in, in goal setting and staying determined. We can all gain knowledge on what we want to accomplish in life by simply writing and researching and, um, uh, and you know, accomplishing what we planned. Yeah, and setting yeah, out and doing, and doing it,
0: right, which, which is not the easiest thing to do. But, I mean, you don't just go from zero to a third-degree black belt. I mean, how many years of total training do you have before you got your third degree?
1: I had about 15 years.
0: Yeah, it sounded about right. I was thinking 15, 20. <laughs> yeah. for, those, for those that are listening that don't know much about uh, martial arts, you know, the black belt criteria for all martial arts is a little bit different, but they're all fairly similar. Usually for like a first-degree black belt, you need somewhere between five and ten years of training at most uh, different types of martial arts. Yeah. And uh, I I myself has, have a first-degree black belt in a Japanese style of karate, and all the tests are slightly different, but they all have the same – uh, similar level of difficulty where it's going to be one of the most trying things you've ever done. It's like, I, I forget what the exact statistic is, but I think it's one to 2% of all people that try martial arts actually mm-hmm. follow through to getting a black belt. Yep. So that's just for the first degree. <laughs> I mean, I've been training now 11 years and I don't ha- I don't have my second degree yet. My my teacher's been bugging me to test for it, but for those of you that are listening, the test like he was just saying it's a, that's a 13-hour test. You, to be prepared for something like that, it's not just the The skill level and the technique that you have to learn, you have to learn all of that and then add on the physicality of it as well. So Mm -hmm. that's why when you said you got your third degree, the first thing I said was congratulations (laughs) because I I know a little bit of what you had to go through to get that. So it is an impressive thing, and it's just like building a house, right? One brick at a time over 15 years, and all of a sudden you got your third degree house. (laughs) So that's really cool one thing I wanted to talk about, you mentioned in the beginning, uh, the word balance, and you had talked about, you know, balance in martial arts, and uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to contradict you, but I, I do want to give you a different perspective. So, okay, when, when I first got into martial arts, one of my teachers, uh, what he told me is he goes, uh, you know, you always hear about balance, and, and balance is great, and you know, we need it, but he said, I want you to think of it differently. Instead of thinking of balance, especially for life, think of it as harmony. And I was like, well, what do you mean? I was like, what do you mean? And he was. this was in person. So he, he stands up in front of me and he goes, look. He's like, think about it like this. If I've got a stick with a plate spinning on the top of the stick, you know, like you, you see those guys do sometimes. And he's like I got one in one hand and the one in this hand is my, let's call it my marriage. And I got that mm-hmm. in one hand and I'm balancing it. And then I take another stick with a spinning plate and I put it on my other hand. And that's my martial arts. And then I take another stick and I put it on my foot or my forehead. And, you know, that's my job. And then you add the kids and you add whatever else it is that are, it's part of your life. It's like, Yeah, I mean, eventually, guess what's going to happen if you're trying to balance it all? They're all going to come crashing down at some point. You're going to add too many things and you're going to have a cascade effect because you're trying to balance everything. And that's not how life works. He said, you you need to live life in harmony. That means that instead of trying to balance everything, everything needs to complement each other. And that doesn't mean it's an equal percentage, right? Because a lot of times we think balance, we think equal percentages. But that's not right. it. It's, it's complement. So my... Marriage needs to support my martial arts, and my martial arts needs to support my marriage, which supports my ability to be a father, which supports my ability to do my job, and then that comes backwards to the family, right? And they all work. So that's my piece on that. <laughs> I, I I just like took that, that one man.
1: to heart. That's super cool, man. I actually wrote some of that down because I think that's so important. I love I love hearing other people's perspective on life and how they live it, you know, because. Not, not any one perspective is the right answer. You know, it's a it's a culmination of ideas and 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 uh, people you know coming together to to figure out a solution and the, and you know a better way to live.
0: Yeah, and I I love that type of perspective. And there's so many people that think like that that are out here in the world. And if you're if you're listening, I mean, you're not the only one. The majority of people that I talk to, and I talk to a lot of people all the time, just due to the nature of my business and the podcast, and what, what I find is most people think that way. They, everybody wants to have these open, honest conversations, and how can I help you, and how can I help you? There's, there's really the people that are out there that are really for themselves. It seems to be there's a lot less of those. They just tend to be a little bit louder than the, you know, the rest of us.
1: I'm glad you said that. You know, people are, are looking for you know, connection because uh, I was told a, a long time ago that that people are usually only looking for two things: is connection. Uh, well, I would say three things: someone to listen to them, uh, connection with with another person, and uh, validation. Right. So people love to feel validated and you know and secure. You know, everyone's searching for security in life. You know, and you find security by finding people that want to listen to your message or listen to what you have to say. And that makes you feel secure and what you know and, and uh, stuff like that, you know? Yeah, no, I love it. I mean, that's why I
0: started the, the Safe and Sound podcast. It's called Safe and Sound because it's, a, it's about trying to get people like, to change their mindset to this lifestyle that you can build for yourself where you have a foundation of no matter what it is, whether it's martial arts or it's your job or whatever, you have to have that foundation level of you as a person and building upon you. And that that goes back to like how I was raised and how the martial arts go, where it's just I've always been reading and trying to just constantly better myself. And, you know, I fail. Everybody does. And that's why I always talk about failure and success on the show, too. So I love that you brought that up because that that validation and that search for security is completely true. And once you have that level of security, well, then you can go take risks. Right. You can go and do a black belt test, but you have to have the foundation to do it. So I, yeah. I I love that.
1: Oh yeah, man. I mean, I'm I I, I took some risks um and, and uh put myself in an uncomfortable position recently. I um I I started working as a personal trainer um uh at a gym because that was the next goal that I wanted to achieve. And I was definitely very nervous, you know, when I first started. I mean, I I say first started. I've been I've been working at this gym the last 3 weeks, <laughs> like a month. Oh uh, yeah, you, you
0: just started. <laughs>
1: Just started, just started. Um, but, but again, I I, I go in there and, and and I try and I I use my resources and I don't think I know everything just because I taught martial arts for you know, or you know eight to ten years and performed it for you know seventeen. You know, and, you know I'm always open for growth and listening to people. And uh, like I said, listening, connection, and validation. You know, listening goes both ways. You know, it's it's not just having someone to talk to but being open to being talked to um, right? and just, and just listening, you know, I've always been told you should listen, you know, you, you should always listen twice as much as you talk. Right. Yeah, uh,
0: I, I agree. I agree with that a hundred percent. Well, Hey Austin, really I, I do want to wrap things up here, but before we do, I, do, I just have two more questions for you. Uh, the sure. first one I, I ask every guest, this is just a fun question that I love to ask is what are you curious about?
1: Hmm and what parameter
0: uh there is no uh, parameter. That's why I love the question.
1: What am I uh what am I curious about? Oh my gosh. I could go with the obvious answer and say, you know, ooh, what's out there in space and are we alone in the universe? But uh what am I curious about? Well I'm curious about I'm curious about how, how our world will grow and what direction it'll take. That's what I'm really curious about.
0: I like that. And I think it's funny because a lot of the guests that I have say something along those lines. I think we're all kind of, you know, after 2008, the financial crisis, the last decade of the, you know, the crazy markets that we've had. And then 2020, I think we're all kind of in that spot where we're like, what does the future look
1: like? <laughs> exactly. You know, where's it going? What's happening? What 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 part of history are we really in?
0: Well, Austin, is there any um, questions that I should have asked you that I didn't ask?
1: I don't believe so. Uh I do want to go over a quote though from my book, if that's okay. Yeah, go for uh, it. Real quick. Uh and this is a tough quote to apply because my my, my, my book goes it goes the meaning of the quote, the application of the quote, and the life application, how I've applied it. And of course the application of the quote is is how you can apply it, how you can apply it in your daily life. And the life application is just, you know My personal experience, but uh, this is the quote. Some of the most valuable times in life are the times you spend with yourself. Never take those times for granted. You know, in just saying that quote, I I imagine myself just being out in a field and staring out uh, at a sky with no light pollution and a bunch of stars. And, you know, that's just kind of what I imagine, you know, by a mountainside, you know, very, you know, you know, adventurous and whatnot. Picturesque. Picturesque, but but what that symbolizes is you know, you know you are the person that controls your destiny. You know wherever you want to go in life, you know it, it doesn't it doesn't matter you know what he said, she said, or what she's doing or he's doing. It's all up to you, and you know the, the sky's the limit. In my case, put pen to paper and uh, and and do the work and always strive i like what you said earlier you know strive to be better every day constant improvement is, is is really where i believe you know happiness is found um, yeah
0: con- constant never ending improvement
1: yeah exactly if you always have a goal if you're always working towards something it keeps your mind busy it keeps you busy It keeps you focused on it makes you realize what's important in your life
0: Great. Well, that's a, that's a great note to, to wrap this show up on. I really enjoyed our conversation today. Thank you very much for being on the show. And if people want to learn more about you and your book, where do we send them?
1: Well, uh, you can send them to, um, um, to uh, Amazon. Uh, I have a book on Amazon. It's uh, Quotes by People Wiser Than Me. And I also have a, a, a .com as well. I have a website. It's called wiserthanme.com. You can go to wiserme- wiserthanme.com. Or you can go on Amazon and search my book uh, by uh, quotes by people wiser than me. So That's kind of my, uh, my locations I got.
0: Great. Thank you, Austin. And for those that are listening, we'll have some notes in the show notes. If you want to just go click on the links, feel free to do that. And thank you again for listening. This has been another episode of the Safe and Sound podcast with your host, Sean Sparkman. As always, bringing you from people from all around the country to give you different perspectives and just help you to live a better life. So thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you on the next one. Thanks for listening to Safe and Sound Radio with Sean Sparkman. Sean Sparkman. <laughs> if you have questions or would like to suggest a topic for future shows, contact Sean at 313 313- or visit the website at www.safeandsoundretirement.net that's www.safeandsoundretirement.net I must leave